the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, friends, welcome back to Crosswalk with Gino Geraci on 94.7 FM, The Word. My name is Pastor C.B. Barthlow, filling in for Gino today, and um excited to be with you. We've got another hour of, of goodness for you, good things, good things to share with you. We've been talking today about grit, about the spirit of endurance. I mentioned at the top of the last hour that uh, this year I started a brand new Bible reading plan, as I'm sure most of you do at the beginning of the year. It's like, all right, I'm buckling down. I'm going to start reading. I, I jumped into a new plan called New in 30. It's the New Testament, a shred, real quick read all the way through in, in the, the first 30 days uh, of the year. And and like most of us, I saw something new, saw something fresh. I think I've read the Gospels numerous times, and yet you know, something jumped out at me. It was It was Jesus quoted multiple times in the gospel saying it's the one who endures until the end that is saved and and it it got me thinking about grit Today we're asking for your stories of grit and endurance, and I, I think we've got uh, Gary on the line Gary's got a story for us Gary are you there I'm here pastor how are you doing today I'm well thank you Gary tell me man what uh, what is grit what's endurance what's perseverance mean for you man well just, just sitting here listening to you talk and listening to Ty's stories and just listening to, you know, the examples you put out there. I just, you know, I guess I started thinking about my relationship with the Lord in general, um, you know, and, and growing up in a church and, and knowing the Lord my whole life, but getting to a point where, I don't know, the world hurt me and I decided I was going to walk away from the Lord, you know, that I had everything that I needed, that I had, you know that I was well-equipped and I could take the world on myself. And, you know, I can just recall, you know, throughout my 20s, you know, going out there and battling the world by myself without uh, without having the Lord on my side. And, you know, and every time, you know, I would think I would get some traction and I'd start moving in the right direction, you know, all of a sudden the world would push back and it would knock me on the ground. And, you know, and it just kept doing it. Um, and eventually... You know, the world knocked me down so hard that I couldn't get back up again. Yeah. You know, and, and, and not only did I, you know, couldn't I get back up again, I didn't want to get back up again. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, and, and at that point, you know, I looked in my corner and, you know, sure enough, Jesus was still standing there, you know, and he's like, hey, man, you need to get back up, you know, and, and, and it's time, you know, it's time for us to do things a different way from the way you've been doing them. Because, sure. You know the way you've been living, you know, isn't, uh, you know, isn't my way, you know, and, and from that day, you know, the Lord put me on his shoulders and, and he picked me up and carried me along, oh, you good. know, and, and so, you know, I, I guess the story isn't a story of my grit, you know, the story is more about, you know, the Lord's grit, you know, and the fact that, you know, even when I walked away from him, you know, he wasn't willing to walk away from me and yeah. he picked me up and said, Hey, we're going to do this a different way, and we're going to we're going to start walking this out, you know, the way I intended because I've got a plan for you. Yeah, um, Gary, I you know. love that. 
I love it. I mean, look, yeah. you put it in proper perspective for us, friend. Is is you know the world tells us we've got to carry the weight. The gospel says. I'll carry the weight and you when you're weak, right? I mean, Scripture tells us when I am weak, then he is strong. And, and, and that's what I'm hearing in, in your story. And I, you know what I love, Gary, about your story is, is um, you know, you were headed down a path and it just wasn't working for you. So when you fell, the Lord said, great, guess what? New path, right? Yeah, open, open the doors. And, and, and he hasn't stopped. I mean, I, hey. I think that's the, you know, I, I think that's the beautiful part of it is, you know, you know, I couldn't love myself, but he always loved me. And, and not only that, he knew, you know, he, he knew, he knows where I'm going, right? You know, he's got, he's got the path laid out. You know, he just needed me to get on it. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. But he's got to get you on the right path in order for you to move forward. It's hard to endure when we're walking the wrong direction, right? That's right. That's right. Good. Gary, man, thanks for calling in today. Appreciate your story. Appreciate your life. Praying that the Lord continues to open more of those doors and propel you forward. Thanks, Pastor. Have a great day. You bet. Friends, I I think our friend Gary speaks right to a common affliction in the church. He said, you know, to be honest with you, I turned away from God. And he's not alone. I mean, many of you listening now, if you're being honest, that's happened or is in the process of happening right now. You are not alone in walking away from the Lord. Here's some things you might not know about the state of the church as we know it right now. In 2020, attendance was down. 45% of Christians say they attend church regularly. 45. That was in 2000. Today, it's 29%. 29% of Christians now say that they go. Practicing Christians down 45 to 25% percent in the same time period. That means people who pray, who study, read, it's shrinking. In fact, you may not know this, but in 2020 alone, more than 4,000 churches closed their doors. Over that same time period, even pastors suffered the same fate. Over 20,000 pastors left the ministry. 50% of us say they'd leave the ministry if they had another way of making a living. And interestingly enough, big and small churches are facing the same fate. You know, it is not uncommon for the believer to lose his way. I've often heard it said that the devil doesn't need you to do wrong. He just needs you to stop doing God. You can do good and still be off track, and that's enough for the enemy. I think when our friend Gary shares his truth and says, you know, there was a moment where I just turned and then I broke down and um, and I didn't have any endurance or perseverance left. I gave up, walked away. And if we read these stats with that lens, I'll be honest with you, I don't know that the church is really answering Jesus's biblical command to grit. If I look at this, I, I'd be honest with you, I think it sounds like we're more of people that follow the command to quit. I mean, I I hear the same criticism of the modern-day church from my elders, your elders, who say that this day's believer is not the same as the believer of old. You know, as a young pastor, I used to bristle at that and think, ah, these guys don't know what they're talking about, but I'm not going to lie to you. We're falling away. Maybe that's why this 
invitation has come so many times through the Gospels. Maybe that's why so many stories throughout the text are stories of people who have lost their way, who have fallen down and have continued to get back up. I'm not sure today why we're losing our way. It could be the distraction of these issues that aren't gospel. Could be the uncertainty of the pandemic. Could be the influence of a world that is at our fingertips. Or maybe I take a hard look at myself. Other pastors do the same thing. Maybe some of what we're preaching and teaching just doesn't matter anymore. Maybe we all have to take a closer look on how we're caring for each other. If we really are called to endure, I guess the next question we should ask is, are we helping each other on that? Maybe we've lost our way because we're looking in the wrong direction, headed down the wrong path, like Gary said. Maybe we've lost our way because, you know, we've been told something that doesn't align with God's will for our life, but we've believed it. Maybe maybe we're having trouble enduring because we're so busy being entertained. Friends, I want you to understand today that the pain that you felt, the struggle you've walked into and the way that you've encountered life asking yourself, can I make it? Can I get through this? Does this matter anymore? Am I, am I really serious about this God thing? I want you to have faith, be encouraged that there are many believers just like you asking the same questions. There are many leaders who have asked the same questions. And I want to encourage you today to take that question to the Lord. His answer may surprise you. After the break, I want to talk to two pastors about their experience in the last several years. See if we can't gleam some real-life insight from them on how they walked out the call of their life despite difficult times, how even when they felt like giving up, they stood firm, and, and maybe they'll share with us what endurance looks like in the coming years. My name is C.B. Barthlow. I'm the pastor of Beacon in downtown Denver, host of Be the Light, Sunday mornings at 8 a.m., filling in for Gino Geraci. You're listening to Crosswalk on 94.7 FM, The Word. Hey, friends, welcome back to Crosswalk with Gino Geraci. Filling in for Gino today, my name is Pastor C.B. Barthlow. You're on 94.7 FM, The Word, and today we've been talking about grit. Spirit of endurance. Jesus calls us to endurance to the end. He says the one who endures to the end will be saved. And and we've been telling stories about grit and perseverance, people who've stuck it out. Had a few great calls today hearing people walk through the seasons of life that are difficult, inevitable, and part of what we all face in the human experience. And I'm excited for uh, the last part of the show today. We've, I've asked a few friends of mine to join me. Um, and today I want to I I invite Pastor Ontario Green to join us. Pastor Ontario Green is on the phone. He, he leads a church in Tampa, Florida called Courageous Church. I've known Pastor Ontario for many years. He's spoken a lot. Life into me as a leader, as a husband, and as a pastor. And and I wanted to have him on today to talk through his own experience um, with endurance and with grit. Pastor Ontario Yan, my friend. I am Pastor C B. So excited to be on with you guys, and I'm excited to 
just be a part of this conversation. Sounds like it's much needed today, and uh, I'm excited to give some input and uh, share some of my story. Oh, good. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm glad you were able to make time for us today. Look, here's the deal. Friends, Pastor Ontario has been in ministry for a while, but this year, this year, at the beginning of 2021, he planted a brand new church in Tampa, Florida. And I don't know about you, but I would say starting anything new, especially something that relies on in-person gathering in the middle of a pandemic. It's, it sounds it sounds daunting. Pastor Ontario, I wonder if you'd walk us through sort of what you as a, as a pastor, as a leader, and maybe just plain as a Christian, dealt with this last year and how you had to lean on the Lord to be able to persevere in spite of challenges. Well, absolutely. Um, first off, let me say this to you. Uh, I am a guy that comes from a lot of ministry success over the years. I have had a lot of success at working on staff at some awesome churches around the nation. And so I, I'm no stranger to starting uh, something and being successful at it. And uh, But I think that that was probably my biggest challenge mm. because as I came into this this year, that we planted this church, which was at the beginning of 2021, when, of course, we all know the pandemic was was roaring at its highest as it relates to uh, all the numbers and things we were hearing uh, in the news. And just it was just a crazy time, sure. uh, not to mention uh, um, the change of, of cabinets of uh, presidents and, and a lot of different things that were going on in our country. So it was just like the not the ideal time to <laughs> start something new, sure. let alone not the ideal time to start an in-person church. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, we, this is why we did it, though, and this is what I want to make sure, and this is great because I'm glad you guys are talking about grit. I'm glad you guys are talking about it because I believe my word courage comes in here, which yep. is the name of our church. And so uh, God named us right, I'll say that much, because we didn't understand why he stuck this scripture out to us so many times over and over and over again when we were, when we were praying through what name should this church be. And before there was a pandemic, before any of this stuff took place, before anything happened in our country, before any of, uh, of this of, of things started to move and be different, uh, God had given us five confirmations from Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. And it says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Hmm. And so this verse was the verse that really has uh, guided our lives and has helped us to be, as you guys are talking about today, grittier than most, because we have doubled down on what God has told us to do because we understand that it's his command to us to be strong and courageous in the season. So yes, we saw a crazy, crazy, crazy year in 2021 with mask, no mask, vax, no vax, um, just lots of things that, that just could cause a lot of division in our country. Sure. And we watched, we watched our first 12 months go up and down and up and down and round and round, and it was just, in, uh, just a, an amazing year of us gritting it out and continuing to be courageous after this vision that God has given us. So this Joshua chapter 1, verse 9 has really registered in my wife and I's heart and has registered in all of our dream teamers and volunteers who, who have been in this fight with us yeah. uh, so far. Let me ask you something, Pastor. When you first got that word in your heart, um, and, and maybe the first few confirmations from the book of Joshua, be strong and courageous, I wonder if the way in which you interpreted that scripture then, before the journey, before the fight, <laughs> before the challenges, is different than the way in which you see that scripture now with a little bit of hindsight. Has things changed about the way you see that word? 
Oh, listen, I think every season of our lives changed the way that we see Scripture sure. altogether. Ooh, good. And definitely, this was one of those scriptures where, as I kept going back to it and revisiting, I was like, okay, God, I <laughs> totally understand why you took me to Joshua chapter 1, verse verse, uh, verse 9. And here's the cool part about Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. The entire first chapter of Joshua echoes this sentiment three separate times. So, you know, when God says it once, it's, it's, it's kind of important. When he says it twice, man, it's really important. Mm-hmm. If he says it three times, yep. it's like... This is non-negotiable, yeah. you know? And so, so, so this chapter deals with a leader in Joshua who's transitioning and who's, like, shaking at the knees coming into this new leadership. I mean, he's following the greatest pastor of the Old Testament, Moses, and now he has to take up the mantle and lead these millions of people into the Promised Land. I mean, I'm sure he was pretty scared. I'm sure Josh, uh, Moses was a hard leader and a hard act to follow. Sure. And so I'm sure he was afraid. I'm sure he was scared, and I'm sure— that uh, he needed a little bit more grit. And so God had to add some ammunition to the calling and to the purpose that was behind him and double down and tell him a couple of times that I need you to be strong and courageous. And I feel like that's what God did with us with this church is he, tri- he, he gave us this first confirmation five times. And I was, I was an evangelist traveling around the world. And one of my confirmations came from the other side. I was in Singapore, of all places. A guy gave me a bracelet I was having lunch with, and he says, hey, I think God wants me to give you this bracelet. And, it, and on, the, on the bracelet, it says, be strong and courageous hmm. in Singapore. My God. And it was my fifth confirmation that this verse was confirmation that the name of this church should be Courageous Church. So absolutely, this verse means more to us now than it did when we first started. You know, I, I, it reminds me, too. I, as I'm thinking about, you know, how long I've I've known you and 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 the the fruit that God's borne through your life, you know, uh, you're an author, conference speaker, church planner, pastor. I've seen you lead great moves, especially amongst young people. I remember the first time I attended your young adult conference in Dallas, Texas, and I remember thinking, oh, this is something. I mean, God really <laughs> moved amongst the lives of many people who were young and and wouldn't, you know. Wouldn't encounter God. And and I wonder if, you know, that previous, for lack of a better term, success, that previous season of, of excellence or seeing God do great things for you, I wonder what what that did to either hinder or help you in this season as, as things are, you know, perhaps more challenging. And I wonder what you might be able to share with us about how God worked on your heart, because I think many of us have seasons where things were good and now they're bad. And it's like, wait, what? I thought I had it all together, you know? Absolutely. You know, the book of Revelations uh, talks about this. It says, for we overcome by the word of the Lamb, I'm sorry, by the blood of the Lamb, and the word of our testimony. And so I think that our testimonies carry us into new tests that give us the ammunition to pass those tests. And so I've seen God do so many great things uh, in the previous season. For instance, the season that I I was in before I was a full-time evangelist and heard the word of the Lord while I was out uh, speaking to go do Courageous Church, I was a young adult pastor. I was pastoring millennials. And we all know that years ago, you know, there was this, uh, these, these daunting numbers about millennials and how sure. difficult it was to get millennials to come to church, yeah. uh, uh, what their hearts were, were saying about church, uh, how hard it was to tr- try to figure out the millennial and the mindset of how to get Christ to them. It was the most godless generation, most biblically illiterate generation. I mean, there were so many things said about the millennial generation. Well, God was challenging me then to be strong and courageous in that season. 
and going after that generation. So that's why we created Running Reckless is because I knew that we needed to create a reckless abandonment towards the Lord. Uh, we needed young adults to just gear up uh, and do everything they could to, to barrel towards purpose. And so Love we it. created that movement of Love conference to, to motivate people who the world said couldn't be motivated. I love so it. I definitely believe that your last season prepares you for what's next. Nothing, let me just say this, nothing in your previous season is ever wasted. It's all preparation for your next. That's so good. Pastor Ontario, thanks for joining us today. Friends, you're listening to Crosswalk on 94.7 FM, filling in for Gino Geraci. My name is... Hey friends, welcome back to Crosswalk with Gino Geraci, filling in for Gino today. My name is Pastor C.B. Barflo. I lead Beacon in downtown Denver. We meet Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. at Comedy Works. Yep, that's right, at Comedy Works. It's a comedy club, and um, you know the joy of the Lord is there, too. Um, excited to be with you today. We've been having a conversation about grit, about endurance, about perseverance, and um and and as I mentioned at the top of the first hour, you know, the Lord calls us to endurance until the end. He says, he who endures until the end will be saved. And then throughout the New Testament, we hear time and time again from the apostles in the epistles, an invitation to hold fast, to stand firm, to persevere, to persist. It's a common refrain and an invitation to every believer to stand your ground because this life can be a challenge. I was excited to hear some of your stories today, excited that we got a chance to hear it from Pastor Ontario Green. And for the last half hour of our show today, I've brought a friend on. Pastor Josh Shaw is here in the studio with me today. Pastor Josh is an author, a church planter, and pastor of Lighthouse Church in the Denver area. He's also soon to be a conference host. And um, I asked Pastor to be here today to share with us a little bit of his, his insight on persistence and endurance. Pastor, glad you're here, man. Glad to be here. Thanks, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us today. Yes. I wonder if you'd be able to share with us. I mentioned early on that, you know, I planted a church in Denver mm -hmm. and, um, you know, it's no easy feat. And and you have done the same. You planted at young, 26? Yeah, 25 years old. Planted yeah. a church at 25. Now, I'll be honest with you. I'm 42, and I'm not sure that I have all of the wisdom necessary to plant a church. Walk us through what you learned. What are some of the challenges that you faced and maybe how the Lord helped you to stand your ground? Yeah. Hey, uh, uh, well, I learned not to plant a church when you're 25 oh, years okay. old. okay. In hindsight, <laughs> I got it. Yeah. I mean, when you're young... And, uh, you know, I came out of a, uh, I came out of faith. I, I, I came a Christian when I was 19. So for me, I, Jesus was everything to me. He was, it was, it was a brand new faith. You know, when you're six years into Christianity and all you see is all your friends becoming Christians the ministries that you're a part of are thriving. And then you see the, ch the local church, not reaching your friends, your your mom, your dad, your brother, you go, you, you have this zealous passion to go, I, I don't know where to bring these people to help reach them. And so really church planting was just like this searing desire to say, I need to reach the people I love the most. Um, I just happened to be so incredibly young that it was like, well, I guess we'll plant a church and we have no <laughs> idea what we're doing. And uh, it was pretty wild because, you know, when you're 25, that means that the oldest person in your church is probably 30. Sure. And the youngest person in your church beyond the kids is probably 15, 16, sure. 17 years old. And so you have the logistic difficulties that come with that. You have it's, – it's hard to build something when you're young. It's hard to build momentum when you're young and – 
you don't know what you don't know when you're young and you think you do, you know? And so, um, hard, hard first couple of years. And, uh, you know, some, some pastors say I wouldn't trade it for the world. And I would, I would have, (laughs) I would have absolutely told my younger self, wait, a little, Wait. you know, hit 30, you know, cause I had a newborn infant, my wife, you know, we just graduated from seminary. So it was a lot, it yeah. was a lot to do. And, and I'm glad that Jesus's hand of provision and grace was on us cause we, we thrived, but that is not normally the story sure. of 25 year old church planners. Let me ask you something. You, you, you mentioned this youthful zeal that <laughs> yeah. you had. And yeah. I, you know, to be honest with you, I think everybody listening has had a moment where, you know, the Lord's really arrested us, grabbed us mm. and inspired us, changed and said, you know, from now on, everything's different. And we've, we've drawn the line in the sand and cut off everything that is unlike him. And we've gone with, as Pastor Ontario said, reckless abandon towards yep. the Lord only to run into sort of the facts of the day. Yep. And I wonder when you did it, when you planned of the church with all of that youth and zeal and you ran into the challenge did did it challenge not only the zeal but maybe just the core of the faith like gosh did i do it is it real is it work you know that sort of thing yeah i mean i never actually doubted whether or not we were doing what we were doing was right or if this was what god was asking us to do because our call was so driven by really a prophetic vision that the lord gave me early on in college which i saw the city of denver and it was drowning in this ocean of despair Mm. and i saw this light uh start emanating from mount evans and i heard the lord uh just say say i'm going to draw my people back and then i looked at this light and it was a lighthouse and that's where we got the name lighthouse so for me i never once questioned whether or not it was worth it or whether or not god was going to provide what i just constantly had to deal with was is this the right time? Am I the right leader? Mm. Did I, did we do this the wrong way? So it was, it was that, like, it was that, uh, you know, Moses and the leaders going up on the mountain seeing Jericho for the first time and going, Ooh, those giants are huge. Jericho is bad news. And I was Joshua, but deeply insecure. (laughs) And I was like, let's take the hill. And then I was like, but I don't know if we should. (laughs) So it was, terrifying, difficult and moments I wanted to give up, but then I couldn't because if I gave up, then I would, I knew I would abandon what God told me to do. Got it. Okay. So let me ask you something. So it sounded like you were resolved on the mission. You knew the mission to be true. Um, your biggest questions revolved around timing and, and you, like if you fit, like I felt like, yeah, I, early on, I wondered, am I David who's trying to put Saul's armor on? Got it. Okay. So for the, for the person listening, who's in the same boat, which is, I know, I know this thing God's called me to is right. Mm-hmm. I know marriage, family, this career ministry. I know these are of the Lord. I'm just not sure if he wants me in it yeah. or if he wants me in it now, how did you get around to it? But beyond the prophetic word, I mean, put this yeah. in some brass tacks for us. Like, how do we put ourselves back in the game when when we want to quit. Yeah. I mean, that's like, it's so hard because I think sometimes like you can rationalize your way out of like whatever the Lord may be calling you to. Like you can logic your way out of a business venture. You can logic your way out of planting at the right time. And so, you know, I think it was the fact that I was surrounded by well-seasoned leaders and pastors who said, Josh, like, we're, we're going, you know, it's David's armor bears. They're like, well, let's do it, you know? And so to me being surrounded by, um, godly men 
who said it's worth it. It's hard. It's difficult. This is this is what you signed up for. The gates of hell don't will not prevail, but the gates of hell are still locked, and you got to unlock them and take them down. Those are the types of things that you're just like, okay, I needed those people. Um, and I always asked Jesus every single Sunday and every gathering we had, I just asked him for like a little win. Mm. I was like, is there just Jesus? Is there any way that you can remind me that I'm not messing this up? <laughs> so, and it was like one, one new guest today, or if it was one person who gave in the offering box when we had zero last week, or if it was just like this tangible, like Jesus, please show up in the smallest way possible so I can just keep having faith to come back to the altar again. Sure. And if that's, it's the mana. It's literally like if I could just collect enough mana for that day, I'll keep collecting mana for that day. Yeah. And that, that, it, it happens slowly and frustratingly slowly. But that, that's, yeah. So I, I hear, I hear there two biblical concepts fellowship. Yeah. Right. The need for, uh, you know, good counsel, good mm-hmm. words in, in your ear. And then two, which is a simple reliance on the Lord for even the small things, right? Mm-hmm. Celebrating those. Absolutely. Victories. Absolutely. I, um, you know, we've, we've been through the same season when you church plant, you get, you get some momentum, right? You'll have a few Sundays and you're <laughs> yeah. like, well, hot dog, here we go. Here we go. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, only to be met by, you know, the stark truth of everybody went to the lake this weekend. Yes, they right? did. And, and I think that, that experience of start and stop. Two steps forward, one step back. Not yeah. unique to pastors, true of all believers. And I wonder, you know, as you looked for just a small ticket, small victory to celebrate, I wonder what you were able to do to give yourself some perspective to add each one of those little victories into something big that carried you through a season. Yeah, I mean, like, so the small victories for me were still big, I think, in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. So to me, when I would ask Jesus for something huge, like, it would be somebody to get baptized and like when that would happen Hmm. it was like god is on the move you know and things that you know it's just it's like only god thinks and when those things would happen it just would push and push and push and so i love it hey you're listening to crosswalk with gino geraci on 94 7 fm the word we'll be right back Hey, welcome back to Crosswalk with Gino Geraci on 94.7 FM, The Word. My name is CB, and I'm filling in for Gino today. I lead a church downtown called Beacon. We meet Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. at Comedy Works, and also host a show every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. called Be The Light. And with me today on the show as we talk about this concept of grit is Pastor Josh Shaw from Lighthouse Church. And before the break, Pastor, we were talking about some of the things that you learned, uh, specifically as a pastor and a church planter, a young guy coming in with zeal and then really, you know, fighting and struggling and and learning along the way, right? Mm-hmm. And yep. and here we are. How how old is Lighthouse Church right now? Uh, this is our seventh year, so we're like six six and a half years old right now. Good. So yeah. the year of perfection, you have <laughs> yeah. it all together. The year now, is perfection, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> so uh, what I know is, and I want to make sure we get a chance to talk about this, is that is taking all that you've learned. You're yeah. you're launching. You're, you're doing a conference later this month called Resilient Twenty Two. Remind us of the dates. Uh, so it's January twenty uh, eighth and 29th, I believe, Friday and Saturday. Last weekend of the month. Last weekend of the month.
a month, yep. and and it's really a whole conference for really anybody, but also specifically for for ministry leaders, and and a challenge for us to to learn resilience. Tell me, and I know that this is is a free conference. Why are we doing this yep. conference? Why is it free? And why did you? Why did you choose to do it right in the middle of the Omicron outbreak? Yeah. Well, we didn't choose it. Yeah. Omicron <laughs> just kind of showed up and, you know, <laughs> definitely not well planned for that. But, you know, the heart behind it really is our leadership team, our staff asked the question over the last two years, why did our church seem to thrive and not just survive, but thrive? Mm. And we started asking this multitude of questions. Why did we thrive here? Why did we thrive here? Why did we not hit the metric that so many churches had, which is low giving, low attendance, low whatever it might be, low baptisms, all that. We actually thrived in all those areas and so much more. And then I started, we started asking other churches, did you thrive? Did anybody else thrive? And we started having this common denominator that not every church, not every leader was dying, sure. not everything was failing. But those stories of resilience were just not being really told. And we wanted to say, man, we need to create an environment where the advice, the wisdom, the uh, the knowledge of these leaders can be you know, disseminated between uh, – to given out freely to other leaders that maybe are just surviving. And so it's like, man, if someone is just surviving – you, you can't charge them for something. If someone's just surviving, you have to give them a life fest. You have to give them uh, a, some way out. And so the goal of the conference was really just this heart of empowering leaders, empowering pastors in the resiliency and to make it as easy as humanly possible to encourage resiliency and not burden them, sure. not overwhelm them. So it's free in every way. It's free. I mean, we're talking food, content, everything. And uh, and not only that, we're giving away $15,000 in grants towards these churches and these leaders to just love them and help them. Um, and so birthed out of a desire to see more churches resilient, and, and it's hosted by a whole bunch of church leaders who are resilient, and hopefully we can give that information out to other people. Now, let me ask you, who, who, who can come? Is this just for church pastors and leaders and that sort of thing? Um, ideally, it's People working in either vocational ministry or love their church. Mm -hmm. They're a super volunteer. They're like, man, I love my kids' ministry. I love they work in technology, they whatever. But they have this searing desire and passion for the local church that they attend, and they want to help create a culture of resiliency. So it could be pastors, leaders, elders, deacons, volunteers, um, people who just love the church and want to increase in its resiliency. And it's like, yeah, you you should come. Yeah, I love that. And And I think... I mean, here's what I hear, right? It's like, hey, let's just do this together. Yes. Right? I mean, Absolutely. And you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I look at all the statistics and I read all of the things that the Barner Report and all of the research oh, yeah. suggests, and it sounds like, what, did the church exist still? <laughs> and yet you and I have had coffee multiple times and we've shared with other our, our, our peers in the city who, you know, by many measures are like, actually, we're better now than we were before. Yeah, I mean... I don't think that Jesus was just blowing smoke when he said that he is all about pruning sure. and snipping and he is the true vine. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, in Hebrews, uh, it's a, uh, the author says that the Lord delights in those that he disciplines. And so whether or not, I don't, you know, no one really knows what's going on with this pandemic other than we know that the church has had to be refined. Sure. And I think churches like ours uh, and, the, and the churches that are represented at this conference, sure, maybe we lost butts in the seats for a period of time, but we got healthier. 
and we lost, we leaned out a little bit. Yeah. And man, there's nothing like, you know, football season right before the season starts, the two a day, three a day season, you know, three a days. It's miserable until that first game when you're way more conditioned than the sure. other team. And man, I would love other pastors and leaders to meet other pastors and leaders who are leaned out, ready for the fight, Good. not ready to give up, but they're actually ready to hit the ground running again. Yeah. So I'm, I'm listening right now. I'm a pastor. It's been a hard year for me. I'm on the ministry team. You know, let's talk about the, the elephant in the room. I'm the kids director at a small church and I am exhausted. What can I expect to receive if I come on uh, at the end of the month? Yeah, you can expect to receive three things, head, heart, hands. So you're going to experience something for your head. You're going to learn. You're going to, there's, there's workshops. Sure. There's, you can meet with other leaders in your position and they can give you clues, techniques, ways to do ministry differently than what they have before. Um, your heart is huge for us in this conference. We know that most pastors have not had a Sunday off. Mm. We know that most pastors have ran to the camera, pressed record, ran to the Zoom, <laughs> opened up a new app they've never seen before. Yeah. And man, oh man, wouldn't it be nice to be able to walk into a room, have phenomenal worship, have a prayer team ready to anoint you with oil, pray over you like John com- or James commands us sure. and James at the end of James, and to have the elders of the church bless you and pray healing over you, Super. and for you to experience just the Spirit of the Lord upon you. And then head, heart, hands to give you tools, yeah. like to resource you. And we're putting our money where our mouth is. $15,000 is not nothing. No. Um, and so children's pastor of a small church, there's something for you. Senior pastor of a mega church that lost 60% of your attenders and you have no idea how to get them back, there's something for you as well. Now let's talk about who's leading this because I think many of the things, many believers, they hear about a conference and they first go to the speaker's list, yeah. right? Um, but this this isn't really that. Talk to us about who's leading and why those are the people leading for this conference. Yeah, so the lead, the, the speakers and workshop uh, uh, people, <laughs> it's so amazing. One, they're outrageously generous. So they're giving their time. None of them are being paid. Um, there's not some cool stipend at the end for them. And they're leaders who love their city. They're leaders who love local churches. They, they care about more than their brands. Yep. They care about the kingdom of God. And uh, it's a diverse group. So you have uh, uh, church planters. You have well-seasoned pastors that are 15 years into their pastorate. You have nonprofit leaders, denominational leaders. You've got... Uh, women, men, you've got all kinds of ethnicities. And so the whole goal of this was not big names, but big hearts yeah. and faithful leaders of the church. That's good. I, and I'm excited. I, I get to be there. Oh, um, yeah. It's going to be awesome. You've invited me, and I, I appreciate that. I, I get to lead a workshop talking about resilience, and then I'll be on a panel talking about multiculturalism in the church, especially in a challenging season like this. And and um, I'm, in, I'm encouraged to be around people who have the same heart, which is yep. like – you know, we have we have nearly the same church name. Yeah. I mean, you're <laughs> yes. called Lighthouse. I'm called Beacon. We yeah, yeah. We're almost, just adjectives of each other. That's yeah. it. And, and maybe we'll have a few more that will be birthed out that's of it. But right. the same idea is this. We do live in a city on a hill. Yes. And for many, many years, it's been dark. And yet here throughout the city are, are men and women who have put their hand to the plow and faced immeasurable adversity. And I think the day is coming, Pastor, when we'll no longer say, you know, Denver's hard ground. Right. I think the day is coming where people will be flocking to this city yes. to find Jesus because he's yeah. And, and, and I think I speak for you and me when I say I would love for the next generation of church planters to reap the benefit of what we've sown. 
It's hard soil, and it's difficult to plant. But in 20 years from now, if revival breaks out among this city uh, because we planted in hard soil and we tilled hard soil, I'm all about that. I love it. I'm excited. So Resilient 22 is Friday and Saturday, January 28th and 29th at Lighthouse Church. Everything is online, and it's free, free, free. Free, free, free. I love it. Thanks for joining me today. Friends, this has been Crosswalk with Gino Geraci filling in. For Gino, my name is C.B. Barthlow. I lead Beacon Downtown. Let me leave you with this. Endurance produces character, and character, hope, and hope never puts us to shame. This is 94.7 FM, The Word. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.